Sliwa. Curtis Sliwa. Rip and Read. Check this out. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. Yeah. I'm a big Yeah, there's a purple haze. It just lingers over Manhattan and the outer boroughs. As people continue to do puff puff pass, openly, especially during lunch hour, they're vaping, they're smoking their spliffs, their fatties, they're smoking their blunts, and the uh, pungent smoke of marijuana is everywhere. In fact, it has waffled its way over to Jersey City, ladies and gentlemen. I've done a deep dig. I've gone into the neighborhood of Gnome Laden, who has window shades on his eyes, cotton balls in his ears, and a zipper on his mouth. He's always deciding not to expose the corruption of the most corrupt Democratic county in America, and that's saying a lot. More corrupt than Crook County in Illinois, Hudson County. So as you stroll up in the heights, you know, amongst the hipsters and millennials, Noam Layden lives side by side with that crooked mayor, Steve Fuller, graduate of uh, Goldmine Sachs. He thinks he's going to follow in the uh, footsteps of John Corzine, graduate of Goldmine Sachs, half in the bag, always smash Murphy, graduate of Goldmine Sachs, and now full up over my dead body. But it's clear that Noam Layden is his protector and is not reporting the facts of what's going on with the weed shops in Jersey City. Let me give you an idea, because he will not expose this or bring this to the airwaves. If you walk along Central Avenue in Jersey City, the Heights, you will find a total, and this is on the down low, maybe seven illegal weed shops that are open, selling all kinds of paraphernalia, selling the weed, edibles, oils, cookies, you name it. The whole nine yards, openly, boldly, brazenly selling uh, in storefronts in Jersey City, illegal weed. Then all of a sudden, you make a quick turn, hopefully uh, Gnome Laden will... Report this in the future now that I've embarrassed them. On Congress Street and in the window, you see this huge banner that says legal weed shop open soon. And what they're looking for is somebody who is an ex-con, who is a transgender, who is a member of the LGBTQ plus community, a disabled vet or a woman to own the shop. And apparently they have not been able to find that, a black or a Latin X. And so they have this big banner in what they say, uh, future home of a legal weed store on Congress Street in Jersey City. Now, things are not going perfectly in terms of the rollout of the recreational use of legal weed in New Jersey. But I must I must tout Jersey as being far more organized with this, far more able to deal with it, even though they got a whole bunch of illegal weed shops themselves are opened up uh, from Camden in the south to Jersey City in the north. But it's much better regulated, much better run, 
And uh, there are many towns that have opted out. They do not want a legal weed store in their community. So they get a smaller percentage of the weed tax. Those that will actually house the weed store get a greater percentage. And then obviously the bulk of it goes to the state. The problem is, like here and all throughout the country, the taxes. The taxes are exorbitant. They're not they're not taxing at their normal sales tax rate. So here in New York City, it would be about 8 8.5%. No, no. Taxes up there like 13.5%, which means the illegal weed being dealt in the streets and in the illegal pop-up shops, which now number 2,000. They're telling you there's 1,500. They're popping up by the day. In fact, just the other day, strolling through Astoria along Steinway Street, Dittmars, the major uh, transsections, you might as well call Astoria sex, drugs, uh, and no police. Because uh, AOC, all out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and her mini-me, Tiffany Caban, and Generis and all of the Democratic Socialists of America, they want more sex, sex workers roaming the streets unmolested. They want more drugs, and they want no police. So the new battle cry in a lot of these uh, communities throughout the five boroughs is sex, drugs, and no police. And that's what we're getting more of. And yet all of a sudden yesterday, Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb was flexing. She was in Albany, and she was talking about, oh, let me tell you something. We're going to be cracking down on all these illegal weed shops because we've got to get state legislation that allows for more enforcement And, in fact, we're making the number one office, the go-to office, the Office of Cannabis Management. Oh, yeah, I'm really frightened. And then the governor added that she is proud of our continued progress in creating a legal weed market in New York, although two years after weed was legalized here, just a handful of legal uh, shops have opened, only three in New York City, and they're all in Greenwich Village. And that's largely been due to the state's efforts to prioritize, like up there in Jersey City, Uh, people with past marijuana convictions to open the first shops. But insiders have said it's still unclear where the licenses will translate into successful businesses. Right now, the answer is not. Could I have a little bit of my music? I need need a little bit of my motivation, Wiz Khalifa. But understand, as we uh, walk through uh, Purple Haze here on the New York City side of the Hudson, And likewise, on the Jersey City side of Nome Laden. I do blame one person for a lot of this. And it was right out of the box. Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens. You may have remembered when uh, he beat me in the general election to become mayor. The very next night, he was on the national Stephen Colbert show on the stage of the Ed Sullivan Theater. Off of Broadway, uptown Manhattan. And he was touting the fact that if you come to New York, you could get illegal weed and laughing like a little kid out of junior high school smoked his first joint of ragweed. One of my best gifts, as you know, marijuana is legal. I have raw. I did not know. I have raw. I am not aware, Mr. Mayor. I'm not into that scene. I have bamboo. Oh, you know, big. And I can't give you this gift. I'll give it to you later. You know, <laughs> what a goofball. That was day number one after he had been elected mayor of the city of New York. He was all already touting 
to all of America, come to New York City, come to Nueva York. We didn't know yet how he was going to be so generous with our tax dollars for the illegal aliens. But come to the gateway of New York Times Square, and you'll be able to buy legal, wrong, illegal weed at Weed World, at the Weed Wagons, guys selling nickel and dime bags off of cardboard boxes, I mean, it's everywhere. And now all these pop-up shops. And again, I'm telling you, they undercount it. They claim there are 1,500 pop-up shops. They are being leased and rented out as we speak. A lot of times it's a Yemenite who has a bodega. They have a relationship with the guy or the consortium or the LLC that owns the building that has empty retail space. So they make a deal and they said, hey, how about if we lease that empty uh, storefront? Cash rules the world, so we'll give you cash, and it'll be on a month-by-month basis. And, of course, the owners of the property who are going to have to pay property tax in another six months, and, oh, boy, the walls, the fiscal walls of the city are going to collapse because the taxes are just not going to be there to sustain this $104 billion budget. They're trying to get money any which way they can. And then you have a goofball mayor who every time he's trying to get serious about cracking down on the ever-growing menace of these illegal weed pop-up shops, he's having a press conference at City Hall, and look, uh, he sounds like goofy. I don't know, I understand this guy. He's like constantly laughing at the most inappropriate of times. The cannabis industry is is, is a budding uh, economy. I just realized that, but <laughs> put that in here. <laughs> it's a budding economy, <laughs> and and we want to make sure that we get it right, so that we can say in the city of New York that we are the joint. <laughs> can you imagine that was at a city hall press conference in which he was calling for the crackdown? And then another time where he sat with Alvin Bragg, the inept district attorney. By the way, the grand jury will not be hearing any more of the testimony on Donald Trump and the hush-hush, mush-mush money uh, any more time this week. But Alvin Bragg is friend of the criminals, and he had had a press conference in early February with Mayor Eric Adams, and they said they were going to use civil forfeiture. They were going to go at the landlords of the buildings, and they were going to say, we're going to seize the building if necessary if you don't close the illegal pop-up weed shops. Now, since February 2nd, when they had that press conference, we're almost two months away. It's now spring, and they've only closed one weed shop in all of Manhattan. Oh, yeah, yeah, outstanding job. And then every time that Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens, is doing a press conference anywhere outdoors in New York City, immediately the goofball starts getting giddy, starts laughing, and just making a mockery of his so-called crackdown on the sale of illegal weed within the five boroughs of the city of New York. Because I smell some weed. Someone is smoking. <laughs> Someone is smoking. <laughs> and know that Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens, has empowered a guy named Anthony Miranda, former police officer. He looks like Lurch from the Adams family. You rang. Who is the most corrupt individual of the many corrupt individuals working in the city agencies. He is the head sheriff. 
They do not have any enforcement powers. They basically are a revenue-making agency that write tickets morning, noon, and night. And I wouldn't doubt that a guy like Anthony Miranda that I've known for years, whose uh, patron, whose uh, padron, is uh, the former state senator, Montserrat, from Jackson Heights, from Corona, from Elmhurst, went to jail for political corruption. A horrible individual, but corrupt right down to the marrow of his bone. And he was the patron, the godfather for Anthony Miranda, made this uh, suggestion to his very dear friend, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, and Anthony Miranda is responsible for closing these weed shops. Let me tell you something. If you know a guy like Anthony Miranda and you'll see him in press conferences, again, he looks like Lurch of the Adams family. You rang. In one hand, he'll be walking out with a uh, hefty trash bag full of weed. And in the other hand, man, give him a lettuce or a scattle sandwich. Nice uh, loaf of Italian bread stuffed with dead presidents. And watch how he will all of a sudden avoid your weed shop. That is my belief. Having seen him in the past, knowing that his padron, his godfather, his mentor, the guy who got them the job with Eric Adams, is a Montserrat, a despicable human being. This is the Riffin' Read, featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Remember, it was 1984. There was the L.A. Olympics. Soviet Union was boycotting because previous to that, Jimmy Carter had boycotted the Olympic Games held in Moscow because of Brezhnev's invasion of Afghanistan. He had the grain embargo and the boycott of the Olympics. And then when uh, Ronald Reagan was elected uh, against Jimmy Carter, overwhelming majority against the sitting president. It was 1984, and this song had come out by Bruce Springsteen in the East Street Band, and I'll never forget, it was Ronald Reagan uh, talking about how this young man named Bruce Springsteen from Freehold, New Jersey, had created this very patriotic song, and it became the theme of the 1984 Olympic Games in Los Angeles. And uh, I don't think uh, Reagan or anybody else listened to the lyrics. It was an anti-Vietnam War song and not at all that praiseworthy of the United States. But for the purposes of explaining what happened last night, ladies and gentlemen, it indeed was historic. One night ago, having christened the Ronald Reagan Republican Club in Astoria, 
and having uh, anointed uh, our city council candidate to take on uh, the mini-me of AOC all-out crazy Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Kelly Klingman. I announced that we would be expanding Ronald Reagan Republican clubs um, all throughout the five boroughs of the city of New York. But uh, early yesterday, men that I had known that I had supported in a recent round of uh, elections uh, in uh, Passaic County uh, and in uh, Bergen County uh, came, uh, came to meet me probably the best Italian restaurant that I've ever been to. And that's saying a lot. Roberto's 2 on River Road in Edgewater. Right there on River Road. You can't miss it. It's owned by Robert D'Angelo. By the way, great. Uh, he and his wife listen to uh, WABC morning, noon, and night, even when he's in the kitchen because he's the head chef and the owner. And right away I said, hey, Robert, are you related to Joey D'Angelo who drove the cab uh, that they rigged uh, on June 19th in 1992 uh, that ended up causing me to be shot five times with hollow-point bullets on the order of John Gotti Sr. to John Gotti Jr. Uh, and the Gambino crime family, Michael Leonardi, the shooter, who's now out of jail. Is there any relationship to D- Joey D'Angelo, who as a protege to Sammy the Bull, had to prove that he was loyal to the uh, John Gotti faction by driving the stolen cab? He said, absolutely not. But he not only proved in terms of everything that he recited, Robert D'Angelo, about what has been broadcast here on WABC. He is a lifer. Yeah, lifer. I'm telling you, the Italian food there is magnificent. And the occasion for us getting together, we were with a lot of uh, our friends and supporters, and then entering the room were uh, three men who had... uh, recently run in Passaic County for the Sheriff's Department's positions and the commissioner's, uh, county commissioner's position, and had just barely lost. They were Republicans. Mason Marr, Troy Oswald, Alex Cruz. And we sat down, and we had uh, a meeting, and it was great because uh, Dr. Castillo, who I have supported in his runs for Congress before, from Bergen County, and Johnny Rivera were there who had worked uh, for their campaigns. And we have decided to create the first Ronald Reagan Republican Club in the heart of Patterson, New Jersey. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Where Republicans have a difficult time because of all the Democratic political corruption amongst one another. They, they, they steal and they cheat in their own Democratic primary campaigns, but they especially do so against these insurgent Republicans. So I'm proud to announce, hands across the Hudson, we will be forming our first Ronald Reagan Republican Club in the heart of Patterson. 
and it will deal with neighborhoods where the only Republican that they've ever seen, for the, for the most part, is Abraham Lincoln on a $5 bill. Up the hill, First Ward, down the hill, Fourth Ward, right in the heart of the hood, right into the belly of the beast, to once and for all flush out the 20-year reign of political corruption that the Democrats have been in charge of and wake up the Republicans throughout Passaic County and let them know it's their time. And they're going to be able to attract, as we have done in Astoria, moderate Democrats and independents. The growing number of young people who are registering as independents. It doesn't matter. There are more independents registered now than in Republicans in most areas. Certainly true of uh, New York City and certainly true of New York State and certainly true of New Jersey. But uh, we're taking the fight to uh, each and every urban area where you would never, ever think that Republicans would stand a chance. So I'm proud to say that our meeting locations at Roberto's 2 on River Road in Edgewater, small town. What great food, what a great owner, Robert D'Angelo, what a great supporter of WABC and the host for the hands across the Hudson dinner that sealed the deal. That's number two. That's the number two Ronald Reagan Republican Club we're forming. Uh, North Shore, Staten Island is next, and Park Slope in the heart of DSA country in Brooklyn. And then, of course, up in the Bronx and the South Bronx, where there are virtually no Republicans. And then the Lower East Side uh, of Manhattan, where the DSA rules. Oh, we're coming at you. We're coming at you, Democratic Socialists of America. Bernie, the Altacaca Sanders, you can't live forever. Your protege, AOC, all out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. No, no, no. You're not holding us hostage anymore. You're not defunding the police. You're not removing the police. You're not defunding prisons. And you're not turning our cities into uh, sex, drugs, and no police. That ain't happening. And speaking of sex, drugs, and no police, did you see the number of charges that were filed against all the trendoids, freakazoids, who've been receiving massive amounts of money from these uh, Bitcoin criminals and from these Ponzi schemers. I mean, we can go on and on and on in terms of the number of individuals, but how come we're not going after Tom Brady and Bunchin, his former wife, the Brazilian bombshell, and how come we're not going after Larry David? I mean, it's time and time again that these uh, celebrities... Uh, have been forced to pay major fines for claiming that they had benefited from themselves investing in scam bitcoins, in cryptocurrency Ponzi schemes, and blockchain. And remember the owner and operator, chief executive officer of Twitter. Remember the original guy, Jack Dorsey, who was like a hippy-dippy from Oahu and Hawaii, smoking Maui Waui and Hindu Kush, probably with Barack Obama when he was growing up. I mean, the ultimate hit, hippie. Well, all of a sudden, his new venture, which is involved in blockchains and other activities, uh, cryptocurrency, has been announced to allow criminal activity to operate with lax controls and highly inflates his cash app transactions user base And basically, they've said he has adopted a Wild West approach, and it's all about Bitcoins, cryptocurrency, and blockchains. Ladies and gentlemen, they are collapsing as we speak, and don't let anybody fool you. It is. It is 
the thing that is most responsible for these banks collapsing because the banks were taking a chance. They were floating loans to them. I mean, you look at Sam Bankman-Fried. He was not independently wealthy. He created FTX. Where did he get a lot of his money? He got a lot of his money from banks who believed that this kid who fell out, looked like he fell out of a bunk bed at summer camp, scratching his belly, looked like Alfred E. Newman in Mad Magazine, what me worry with flies flying around his head, popping Adderall all day, legal speed, and having polyamorous relationships with his frat and sorority house in the Bahamas where those corrupt officials were protecting him. He was getting his money hand over feet from... uh Banks from throughout the world, $38 billion, gone, up in smoke. Nobody knows where it is. And you don't hear a word about Bitcoin that Eric Adams, swagger man, mayor of the uh, illegal aliens, and mayor, Republican Mayor Suarez of Miami were touting and talking about wanting to house uh, headquarters for around the world. Then if you notice, uh, in a flip of the script, or as uh, Eric Adams would call it, uh, pivot and shift, uh, he wants the sanitation department now dealing with all the illegal vendors in the streets, which is crazy because they're not even picking up the garbage. Their sanitation commissioner, Tish, is of a family that had Jeeves driving her around her entire life on Park Avenue in a stretch limo, uh, past the gray pool pond. And Jeeves, could you pick up the litter on the street? Maybe, maybe the worst of all of his commissioners, Tish. And then it's so bad in New York City. I was going from bank to bank to bank last night to try to get to try to get some cash out, and all these ATM uh, mach- machines, these vestibules are closed. They close at sundown because they know the emotionally disturbed, they know the homeless people, and they know that armed robbers go in there and stalk their customers and create mishigas. So instead of putting in a private security officer and saying, no, we're going to provide this service to all of you, our good customers, the big banks I'm talking about especially, they got the money to do it, Citibank, Chase, Bank of America. Uh, They're they, they refusing to do it, so they're just closing their vestibules, capitulating to the criminals, waving the white flag and saying, by not opening up those ATM machines after sundown, that we are waving the white flag. New York has not returned because we don't trust what happens uh, when the sun goes down and there are no cops around in this part of town. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. The great music from Zorba the Greek with uh, Anthony Quinn presiding. And we play this music in our Sidrap because tomorrow we will be celebrating Greek Independence Day here at WABC all day long. And the holiday is on Saturday. And then remember, on the 26th Sunday, I'll be at the uh, St. Patrick's Day Parade in Bay Ridge. And it's my 69th birthday. Yeah, 69th birthday. <laughs> you think uh, I could uh, celebrate it uh, having an Ecuadorian quinceanera? No, oh, those days of me being 15 are long over. So I was told that I would have to wait for a decision of the sitting commission of uh, Sid Rosenberg and friends as to whether I could return uh, ever again. 
as a contributor to the show as a fiend or a foe. This is what Sid had to say earlier today. It brings us to the Curtis Sliwa situation. Curtis has been suspended on this program since last week. I decided to suspend Curtis on Saturday. I made the call to Bo Deedle, and uh, I decided to suspend him indefinitely. And uh, now I am considering bringing him back to the program tomorrow. But much like uh, that show where he had to face the commission, Michael Raymond James, <laughs> we've got our own commission. It's a commission of five, which works out well, because if you get three out of five, you win the majority. So here's the good news for Curtis. Me and Peter King say we want to bring him back. So right now, you've got three people left. <laughs> Lou, Phil, and Bo. All he needs is one more vote. If he gets it, he's back on tomorrow. And so he went to Macedonian Phil, who did not like me playing the music of Zorba the Greek, because as you know, the Macedonians are virtually at war with uh, Greece. This is what he said. So let's go to Macedonia Phil. Phil, do I reinstate Curtis tomorrow, yes or no? I'm sticking with the three to five year sentence here. Five years? Three to five minutes. Three to five. That is a very hearty no from Phil. Yeah, he's JV. He hasn't made the varsity yet. But the guy in the varsity has been here almost as long as yours truly, Curtis Sliwa, in the business. Lou Ruffino. Lou Ruffino. You can end it right here. The suspension can be over. Do I reinstate Curtis, yes or no? The gentleman from Queens has issued a no. No. Wow. Wow. No. So Lou and Phil both say no. No, he knew that would be Lou and Phil's vote. But it was up to uh, Bo Deedle, who has been my nemesis and friend and nemesis and friend for over 40 years. So now, just like the TV show, Tommy Lucchese, the commission, in real life, Bo Deedle, it comes down to his vote. Whether to reinstate, it'll be 640 tomorrow because John Katzmatidis is on at 705 to kick off Greek Independence Day. Bo Deedle's vote right now will tell us whether or not Curtis Sliwa returns to New York's favorite talk show. And then Bo Deedle, warming up in the bullpen, came in, and he was filled with vinegar and piss towards me. Here he is, the great Bo Deedle. Bo? Well, yesterday... I came in for my podcast about Natalie Holloway. I did my podcast, and everyone should listen to Bo Deedle's true crime story. But then I was confronted by the man with the red bonnet in the hallway, looking as dirty as he always looked. And we had a little discussion, and he talked to me. And I said, I'm a man with a big heart. And sometimes people go a little off, but we always give them a chance. I say one condition. We will, I will give him a chance, huh? one condition. Huh? If he opens his mouth in the wrong direction, then he's banned for life. So the commission stands, we'll bring him back, one condition. He don't say one bad thing about my friends, you know where, or any of my friends anywhere, because we will give you the opportunity, Curtis. You step on your joint, you'll be out of here. Ha, 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 ha. And, yeah, I'm like uh, the character Zorba, Anthony Quinn and Zorba the Greek. Am I not a man? And is not a man stupid? I'm a man. So I married. Wife, children, house, 
everything. The full catastrophe. And then remember, Anthony Quinn questioned the manhood of others, as I do of the commission members who voted against me, Macedonian Phil, and you, Lou Rafina. What kind of a man are you? Don't you even like dolphins? No, they want to kill the dolphins, too. Can I have my Zorba the Greek music here, please, Lou, because let me tell you something. This will be the ultimate test. Tomorrow when I'm on at 640, they claim that I'm back. I will be disparaging uh, a Greek uh, on the Greek Independence Day. And it was the bodyguard chauffeur for Joey Gallo. Pete the Greek Diopolis. Remember, it was Joey Gallo's 43rd birthday. He was on Broadway. He was reading, uh, actually, poetry to the paparazzi, to the Trendoids, Freakoids, and Jet Setters. And then his very dear friend, the actor Jerry Orbach, said, Hey, let's go down to Umberto's and celebrate your 43rd birthday. And then as they were sitting there toasting one another, the Colombo crime family got word that Joey Gallo was there. Remember, he was responsible for the shooting of Joe Colombo, who was a vegetable. And they came in blasting. And Pete, the Greek Diopolis, fumbled his gun, never fired one shot. Joey Gallo got shot 38 times, died on the street. Why the hell would he have a Greek bodyguard? Find out tomorrow at 6.40 as I disparage Pete, the Greek Diopolis. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.